the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> Dreams. Um. Hey guys. What's up, everybody? Hey. What? James. James O. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you guys? We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Doing I'm well. Coming yeah. off a of cold. Yeah. So I've got a little. Little tickle in my throat and my voice is a little bit shaky. So, but hmm. my voice is back because it's gone there for a while. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a nice couple of days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> anyways, welcome to the Thirteenth Floor Podcast. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. And today we're talking about dreams. We're going to keep it strange, like we always do. We're going to talk about weird things, but. Today's episode is devoted fully to dreaming. Yes. Yes. <coughs> so, yeah. Dreams. Sweet dreams are made of these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> James, James, you've been busy, haven't you? You are down in Florida yeah, this I went past to, weekend, weren't you? I went to PodFest, and it was great. I learned a lot, and, and I met a lot of wonderful people, and I'm looking forward to, to just staying in touch with like a whole bunch of them, and it was it's just terrific. Really good decision going to that that's awesome thank you did you get to touch a palm tree (laughs) (laughs) i got to see several (laughs) well my favorite thing about going to florida is like getting touching palm trees yeah touch you got you got to touch a palm tree in florida just be it's florida we don't have palm trees around here you know what i mean this is a weird conversation Uh, anyways Mm -hmm. all right so um are you guys ready to have an icebreaker sure um have either of you ever had any recurring dreams? And if not, what's your most memorable dream? Ooh, uh, I have recurring dreams all the time. Huh. I'm not really going to go into any of my most memorable dreams just because I feel like it's kind of boring when people talk about their dreams. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just going to say that I have this this place that sometimes I'll dream about. It's like this mall. And Every once in a while, I'll have a dream where I revisit that mall, and it's a completely made-up mall. I, ha- I mean, it'd be awesome if it existed somewhere mm-hmm. in the world, but I don't know. I don't know. Is that common? Like, do people Very. have dreams about places and return to them? Um, no, but it is common that architecture is just made up. Like, people don't have good laid-out schematics of places in dreams. It's, it's you know, I dreamt that we were in, like, a 400-square-foot a apartment, but it was a big maze. They went on forever. It's like, whoa, 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 why? So, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How about you, Alex? Let's see. I don't have, like, I don't have reoccurring dreams because I, I hardly dream at all. So, mm-hmm. when I do have, like, a, I have very few, like, dreams that I would remember to this day. Uh. I remember one of the latest, <laughs> one, of, one, of my, one of my latest, as in, like, I think it was a few years back. Wow. Um, yeah. One of the ones I remember the most from a few years back was when, I was, I think I was playing too much. There's a video game called Dark Souls. You find lots of monsters in it, right? Yeah. And so I remember I was just, uh, I was charging ahead fighting and this big flood of like giant or all these skeletons and mud came at me. Ew. I I got out of the way, but it just took out everybody else I was with. (laughs) And then I continued to charge afterwards. It was pretty epic. Let's just say that I am a hero. (laughs) (laughs) Goodness, James. I imagine um, you probably have some pretty wild dreams. Uh, yeah, and the the most common recurring one, I I every now and again I'll dream about these very unique monsters that are kind of hard to describe, but they they exist in a void place, and they look very similar to whales. So I call them 
uh, ballenas, which is just Spanish for whales, because that's what they make me think of. And but yeah, I've, hmm. I I mean, since very young childhood, I would I would have these these ballena dreams, these whale dreams. This sounds horrific. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is a hundred percent horrific. They are. They are. <laughs> so, they are the scariest things. They are terrifying. Would you say that you have more scary dreams or pleasant dreams? Scary. Period. Doesn't surprise me one yeah. bit. James seems like he's got a scary mind. You know what I mean. <laughs> the ones I really remember are like either sad or horrifying. Mm. Sad or like they scarred me as a child. Like I remember two dreams when I was a child, but we're not gonna talk about them. <laughs> wow. All right. No, they're they're not that scary. They're just like it's kind of funny now thinking about them. I got you. <laughs> Everything seems scary. Maybe, maybe I'll talk kid. about them on a future episode. A little teaser. Yeah, mm. it's Alex's little teaser. For all you listeners who really want to know what he dreamt about when he was he was a little kiddo. Mm. Did, did oh oh did James? Did you knock your microphone over? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now that we've got James dropping the microphone out of the way, I think it's good to progress on into the episode, wouldn't you say? I would say so. Should I start with the history? Well, in we'll, my history, <laughs> we'll let Alex have his first place spot. Before I get started, though, I did just what I forgot. I want to have a little shout out. To some listeners that we have out there, to Emily and Juliana, who are probably our youngest listeners, mm. but they uh, they started listening over the weekend to the Thirteenth Floor podcast. So I just want to give them a little shout out. Shout out! Hey, yeah, nice. sup, Emily and Juliana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good night. Uh, nice to see you. If you have any topics, just give them to your mom, and she'll give them to me. Okay, so Alex. Okay, Alex, mm. tell us about dreaming through history. All right, I'm only gonna give you a little bit, of, a little slice, a little mm. slice, because you know we've probably been dreaming since maybe we could dream, which is <laughs> a long time. Yeah, maybe some would say before anything was written down. Oh, and stories were communicated via the spoken word, <laughs> but then all those people died, so we don't know their stories. So instead, we've got some records going all the way back to ancient Sumeria. Mm. Oh, it's like thirty-one. About 3100 BC. <laughs> and they believed that dreams were essentially a divination. Kings in particular paid special attention to their dreams. And they would use them in like kind of odd decision making. Like one of the most interesting ones I saw was one of the kings had a dream that he needed to rebuild a fallen down temple. Not maybe dilapidated temple. Mm. And so because of a dream, he just put all these people to work and built the temple back. Oh. Okay. All right. But Makes sense typically, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't, mm. right? Yeah. And so a lot of them actually believed that when they were dreaming and like traveling to locations, that these were journeys of the soul, which mm. is something you might see a lot in what I'm about to say, uh, going through the generations. And so if we move a little further to the Babylonians and the <laughs> Asrians, I guess. Assyrians? Assyrians. I, I was I Asrians. Uh, I just no. see the way it's spelled, and it's Asrians. So, oh, man. The Babylonians and, and the Assyrians. Oh, both the had a, notorious both had, tribe on earth, the Asrians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, 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 they actually, the Babylonians and the Assyrians both had... Uh, the same system in which they divided dreams and they believed 
as a lot of people did that time, that they were both messages. Mm. But this time, not just from a godlike figure, but also demons. And so the system was developed to split dreams between those which were good, aka from gods, and those that were bad, aka demons. Hmm. And many of these records actually have a surviving record called the Iskar Zakiki. Zakiki. But these records not only lay out the dreams that these people had, but are also chronicle some predictions for what each of the dream means. Uh, and it chronicled whether it was these predictions were right or wrong. It also shows like a tether between people that have similar dreams. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, George from over in this neighborhood had this dream, but Cece from this ha- neighborhood had the same dream. And it count it chronicled the. I keep saying chronicled a lot. I've never really used this <laughs> word. Um, mm-hmm. It really showed the various outcomes of their dreams. So essentially, it showed. Their fate, not their fate, but what happened not long after it to hmm. kind of show the result of their dream and, and if it changed their life. Essentially, if there was any difference between people that had the same dream or if they had the same outcomes. Hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's like it's this really elaborate. Yeah, I mean, it almost sounds like record. it sounds kind of like you know pre scientific method, scientific method. You know, they're experimenting, yeah. they're making hypotheses, they're. They're working stuff out. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's a, it sounds like it's a pretty cool record. I just I like the idea of them chronicling people with the same or similar dreams and seeing what happens in their life. To yeah, that's that's really a prediction interesting experiment. That's like an experiment you could like imagine a college trying to get funding for it now. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And uh, I guess and that will bring us to Egypt, which no surprise, dreams were considered messages from gods. Who would have mm. thought? <laughs> yeah. And the, it's got some pretty well detailed information on this because a lot of the custom at the time was when you have a dream was to, when you woke up, write it down on some papyrus. Hmm. But the interesting thing was that people like James and Cece, yeah. who have very vivid and memorable dreams, would have been considered special in that Ooh, culture. James? Well, you mean we're yeah, not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put up on a pedestal. Uh, and your your dreams would have been treated something similar like uh, the prophecies of like an oracle. So James, we could have been oracles in yeah. Egypt. So you would have been conduits for messages on high. <laughs> 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 and so interestingly enough, you know, dreams are highly sought after. So they had these beds called dream beds, which were kind of luxurious. But they were these places that people would go with, obviously. Only the intention to have dreams. But mm. these dreams weren't like prophetic in nature like you would have thought. Instead, they were just kind of to help them. So they would go to sleep and have dreams. But the goal was to have dreams where a deity would help you with your daily life or give you advice or just maybe provide some healing. Uh, this this kind of rings back to our hypnosis episode. We mentioned, yeah. uh, we mentioned like, yeah, we mentioned that kind of therapy. Interesting stuff. Yeah. It, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I want one of those fancy beds. It's going to make me dream better. It's probably fancy by those standards. I doubt it's yeah. fancy. <laughs> probably like a block of straw. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah, probably made of straw. Yeah, or probably just instead of having a snake in it, it didn't have a snake in it. <laughs> <laughs> so their beliefs were actually not that different from the Greeks. And I guess one of the biggest <clears throat> quote-unquote differences was that 
the Greeks had their important dreams in shrines instead of their little beds. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but really, their, their beliefs are pretty much the same. And I did want to uh, highlight something interesting that I noticed when I was reading through a lot of these notes was that Hippocrates, a for those that don't know, a Greek physician, the almost physician. got right. Yeah, he was the physician. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> yes. But I almost got he almost got right what dreams are kind of believed to be today, in, in a way. Hmm. Essentially, he believed that the soul received images throughout the day. And once you went to sleep, the soul produced those images. So essentially, swap out the that's, soul with the brain, yeah. and we have a common belief of what dreams are today. Yeah, that's that is actually wow. really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was really cool when I spotted that. So I have one question just back on the whole, like, if James and I were <laughs> oh, oracles, <we'll> <laughs> you know, back in ancient Egypt, yeah. how many people do you think would, like, Worship you? No, not worship. I mean, no. Who? <laughs> how many people would lie and say, "Oh, Prof or Pharaoh, I had this crazy dream," so they get one of those magic dream beds? Uh, well, uh, but you know, oh. back in <laughs> the, 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 the dream bed wasn't like something that you were given. It was a place you went to, kind of like, much like a spa day. CC's going to con some Egyptians into a nice bed. Yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what I would have done. Oh, man. Uh, you have to imagine that the people that had these dreams and were frequently wrong or something like that, they probably got the axe. Exactly. Like, they, this is right. This is during a time where women made beer, and if you made a bad batch, they would drown you in it. So, yeah, I bet you had to put your money where your mouth was. Adds to the flavor. Yeah. I don't want to be a dream oracle anymore. <laughs> Oh, man. But I'm going to move us on to the Chinese, which had a this history where they, they kind of believed two things. Either dreams were expressions of your innermost desires. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little familiar, right? And the other option was something we've kind of seen is it's kind of your soul just running around until you wake up doing its own thing. Those are two very different things, but I could see it. Yeah. 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 They're very different things, but they're also. They make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) And then essentially we swap over to the the AD years. (laughs) Essentially uh, the major religions, uh, Judaism, Christianity, they both really focus heavily on dreams. They're Mm. messages from God. Yeah. Uh, Islam in particular is, I didn't know this. But apparently dreams are the only way that you can receive messages from God after Muhammad died. Uh-huh. Had no idea. Yep. So if that is wrong, just know that I I just read this. You read it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I had no idea that was something really interesting. But before I hand it off to one of you all, there's some pretty interesting pieces of art that were created, I guess, within the last like 40 years that were... There's, there's plenty inspired by just the idea of dreams, but these are ones that are inspired by the actual dream that the person had. Oh. Hmm. And so one is John Lennon's number nine dream, which I think a lot of you might know it repeats this like nonsensical phrase throughout the song. And apparently that nonsensical phrase was in a dream that he had. Oh. And number nine dream also topped on the charts at number nine. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Huffington Post for 
the, uh, some of these items. And Salvador Dali's painting. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Persistence of memory, which I didn't know what that painting was called until I came across this, mm-hmm. but that's the painting with all the melted clocks. Mm-hmm. And that was from a dream that he had. The song Yesterday was completely, the melody was completely composed while McCartney was dreaming one night. Oh, that's a good song. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and then a lot of, I think this is pretty common knowledge, but Edgar Allan Poe had nightmares that plagued him throughout his entire life. That does and so me. a lot of his works are obviously inspired by dreams that he's had. Hmm. And last but certainly not least, Inception, the idea of Inception came from Nolan, one of Christopher Nolan's lucid dreams that he had one night. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, so man, there's just some things that were inspired by the actual act of dreaming. That's a lot of dreams, man. Yeah, dreams will take you places, mm-hmm. according to the Chinese and the Astrians. <laughs> no, the Astrians did not think this. Uh, the Assyrians also didn't, but <laughs> Mesopotamians did. So, wow. That's a lot of a lot of interesting history. Mm. Yes, I thought so. Yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and James, you're you're talking about what we how we view dreams today, right? Yes. Yeah, that's one of the big questions that that I've I've actually had people ask me before, which is why do we dream? And uh, unfortunately, the answer to that question, uh, modern science's answer is, we don't really know. It's kind of a mystery. We do know that the pineal gland produces dimethyltryptophan or DMT when we dream, which goes hand in hand with the uh, what we talked about a couple episodes back about mechanical machine elves. But um, we don't actually know why we dream. Like the actual reasoning behind, like think about it for a minute. It's odd enough that we sleep because, yeah, it does give the body an opportunity to repair itself, but that's not necessary. We could enter semi-conscious states uh, like torpor that a lot of uh, simpler animals enter, and we could do the same thing. Instead, we enter into a state, we enter into sleep, where we're extremely vulnerable. We're not aware of our surroundings. And now, to top it off, we have visions that could either terrify us or enchant us. Uh, or in, in some cases, things that happen uh, in a dream and then happen later in waking life, which is why all the ancients, like Alex was talking about, view it as prophetic. Well, because they're right. Yeah, that's that's why they viewed it as a message from divinity. And kings in particular, the reason why is because they represent the divine on earth. So I think they were 100% right in that assumption. But we still don't know with modern science why we dream. Now, I have a theory, and it's not my theory. Um, but it's, it's something that I tend to agree with, which is that one, not, this isn't the chief reason why we dream, but one reason why we do dream is probably to increase or well, decrease the likelihood that we're wakened from our sleeping state. Cause think about it. When you're awake, you are bombarded with sense, with stimuli, lights and images and smells and sounds and textures, etc. And when you're asleep, the world still provides all those stimuli you know we lie down in a quiet dark room but things are still happening birds are chirping uh, cars are driving by footsteps aromas textures they're all still there 
So what dreams could do is they could actually provide explanations in a sleep state for what's happening so we don't get woke up by them. Like, for example, let's say let's say you're dreaming and there's a thunderstorm outside and in the dream there's thunder or a tree falls or a, a pot and pan falls out of a cupboard. That is the explanation for what the sound in the outside world uh, taking place was. And as such, you don't get shaken awake by that external stimuli. Does that make sense? Yeah. That yeah, does. that makes sense. So I think that's one of the reasons. And another possible reason, I think this makes a lot of sense, in addition to the whole, you know, divine communicating through us, uh, it could actually be a sort of working through things. I think Hippocrates hit the nail on the head with that. We're kind of working out things that we've experienced over the course of the day that we've sort of filtered. Because again, we are bombarded by information and we block a lot of it off. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, if I have a dream especially a nightmare, it's usually not something major that happened to me that day. It's usually something minor that I didn't think was a big deal. And it's like, my brain was like, no, we gotta, we gotta work through this. (laughs) um, Yeah. So I think that's an explanation. As for the other thing that amazes me about dreams is, you know, you, you mentioned Alex, that we may have been dreaming in prehistory (laughs) and What's fun about that to think about is, you know, we almost certainly were dreaming in prehistory, just nobody was writing it down, obviously. But right. dreams exist pre-human. There are lots of things dream. We don't even know the extent to which things dream. We know that dogs dream. We know that cats dream. We know that mice dream. So that pretty much means mammals in general dream. We're pretty sure from observation that birds dream. It stands to reason that if birds dream, that reptiles dream. As for fish and amphibians, who knows? Probably not. That's what that's my thinking, but it's hard to say for sure. And lastly, uh, invertebrates, I doubt it, but who knows? I mean, we don't really have a way of figuring that one out. So it's, it's a, yeah, we, we know that everything, well, we know that all mammals at the very least, very bare minimum, mammals dream. And we know that they'd have dreams like us. We know that dogs have uh, positive, pleasant dreams where they're hunting something. We know that uh, we know that mice can have nightmares about cats. We even know, mm-hmm. yeah, and we know this, by the way, from like uh, brain scans and uh, the overall behavior that the mouse will convey. Like, for example, the vocalization. Yeah, the vocalization. Yeah, I, I, I was like, do they like give them like a little quiz? At the end? <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, a great example of this would be the vocalizations a mouse would make to other mice. Like, hey, there's a cat. They might do that in their sleep, in which case that's what they're dreaming about. Um, and I even saw, you know, we talked about our favorite animals in an episode. And, and you know, CC mentioned a hippo and we talked about Fiona the hippo. I saw a clip of Fiona as a baby and it was so obvious just from watching her behavior. She was sleeping. She was clearly dreaming that she was nursing. <laughs> Cause she was, she was basically trying to like suckle the air around her. And <laughs> yeah, it was very cute. So we absolutely know that they have dreams as vivid as, as what we have, at least within the emotional context, which I think is very, it's a, it gives us a very humanizing glimpse into a, what we might even call lesser creatures. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't actually know the reason why. All we know is that in terms of the process, when a person goes to sleep, um, their brain becomes more, not less active, which is, again, 
paradoxical in terms of survival. Why would why would you do that? And that the pineal gland makes uh, well, actually, we don't even know for sure that it comes from the pineal gland. That's how flipping um, mysterious dreams are. But we do know that dimethyltryptophan tra- plays a role in the actual process. And I kind of wanted to touch up on it. It probably deserves like a part two part of the episode, but or part two episode, but uh, lucid dreaming. And the reason why I even bring it up is because, you know, you mentioned it, Alex, and it kind of got my brain scrolling. Um, Because, you know, Cece and I have both experienced lucid dreams. A lucid dream is a scenario wherein a person becomes aware that they are dreaming and as such can do things that they ordinarily couldn't do. Normally, you're at the mercy of your dream. But when you're lucid dreaming, you're aware of it. And as such, you can manipulate it and you can do pleasant things. And one of the reasons why I also bring this up is because you mentioned in multiple cultures, it's the notion that the soul has left the body. Well, lucid dreaming is often associated with sleep paralysis and sleep paralysis is often associated with out of body experiences. Uh, so it stands to reason that lucid dreams have a direct connection with the consciousness being separated from the body, which means again, once again, the ancients were right about that. So there are, there are a few methods by which people actively try and lucid dream. And this is something that everyone can do. And it's something that Alex, if you actually attempted some of these, you would at least improve your uh, recollection of dreams. Cause you almost certainly, I'm not buying an Egyptian sleeping bed, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, the, the main methods are uh, mild and wild. Those are the, the two big ones. But let's let's start with a few other ones. Um, reality testing. That's something that you can do in your waking life. So what do you do in reality testing? You look for those commonalities. I mentioned before, and it's the whole supposition that maybe dreams take place in a world that does exist. Like we actually are traveling somewhere because there are, mm-hmm. there are commonalities. Just like in our world, gravity, electricity, light, they all behave in expected, observable ways, repeatable ways. Well, in mirror or in mirrors in dreams mirrors don't work we know that mirrors never work in dreams you look in your reflection it's going to be kind of like in uh, video games most video games if you look in a mirror it's just you know a glassy surface either right. that or it will distort your image dramatically so mirrors don't work um solid objects are often much more pliant to a point where you can like in a if you're in waking life push your hand against say a table you'll feel how solid it is well in a dream you can try the same thing and you'll notice that the table is probably pliable enough to put your your hand through another yeah another common theme is that hands in general they they don't have the same symmetry and some people think that's probably because think about it hands are like the hardest thing to draw so they're also kind of hard to imagine so if it does take place purely in a, your imagination, it makes sense that you wouldn't be able to picture your hands perfectly. Time. Mm. Time changes dramatically in dreams. And similarly, I already mentioned it earlier, architecture is just wild in dreams. Uh, usually yeah. structures are much bigger on the inside than they are on the outside or vice versa. And they tend to be labyrinthian and they tend to change a lot. And lastly, and this is the, the most fun one, This is something that you can do every day and it will improve your dream recall and it'll improve the likelihood that you will lucid dream. And that is that just don't do it in public or they'll think you're crazy. But 
once in a while, if you're alone <laughs> and you want to see if you're dreaming, pinch your nose. And uh, if you if you can breathe, you're dreaming. If you can't breathe, you're awake. <laughs> How am I breathing right now? <laughs> Good lord! Uh, another That'd be way. Quite the twist, right? Ugh, I don't. I don't like to think about that. I don't want to. I don't want to blink out of existence when you wake up, Alex. Um, but but, uh, but anyway, another example that people use, and this is actually the one that got me into lucid dreaming, is wake back to bed, where you wake up after a few oh. hours, and then you go do some things for about half an hour and then you go back to sleep. And the reason why I got into this was not intentional. That's just naturally how my sleep cycle works. You know, I'll wake up sometimes in the middle of the night, do a few things and then I'll go back to bed. Well, turns out that's a great way to lucid dream. And now I'm going to get to the mild and wild. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to get to mild and wild. These are the big two. Mild is the mnemonic induction of lucid dreaming. So really what you're doing is you are, setting an intention to do something and you're Im- implanting that in your head. It's actually kind of like inception, but you're incepting yourself while you're awake. So yeah, like here, here's what you should do. Okay. It's a very simple step. As you're starting to fall asleep, think of a dream that you recently had. And it, it helps if you keep a dream journal, because then you really can pay attention to certain details of those dreams and then fixate on something that is, you notice is irregular. And it can be, you know, the uh, those odd discrepancies I mentioned earlier, like with mirrors, or it could be something else. This is, by the way, I think where the whole inception, like the little trinkets come from, because Ooh, a lot yeah. of times dreams will have specific recurring images, like for me, bayanas. But it could be other little things, little objects, etc. And then as you're drifting off, think about reliving that previous dream. Think about those images. Think about that common thing that you saw. And keep telling yourself, you know, I want to remember when I fall asleep. I want to remember. And you, when you fall asleep, knock on wood, mild will take effect and you will have a lucid dream. Lastly is mm-hmm. wild. Wild is the wake initiated lucid dream. And that is when, and this is hard to do. This is like almost guaranteed to work if you keep it up and keep trying it. But it is harder to do. And what you're doing is you're actually actively trying to enter a lucid dreaming state while you're awake. So in other words, you're trying to dream before you fall asleep. And the reason why is what, what's happening is you're keeping part of your mind, the, the cognition portion, firing while you're, you fall off to sleep. So what you're doing is you, you lay down, you chill out, you get ready to fall asleep, and you keep in suggesting to yourself what you're going to do in other words in some ways you can like envision where you want to be it kind of makes me think of dogans actually like uh uh, happy places you know where you mentally imagine a a nice place yeah (laughs) a place where you're you know want to be you 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 imagine that you're there and as you drift off to sleep you you enter that world you enter that Hmm. state so yeah that's all i got Interesting. James. I think that Alex. I think that you should try We're and have to a get lucid mild dream. and wild over here. Yeah. I'll tell you. Alex, yeah, Alex never has dreams. Like since we started dating, right. he's never had. Dreams. Well, Alex Very dreams. Cute. He just doesn't remember them. Right. Because what is it? People usually have like up to seven dreams a night. Yeah. Or something yeah. Like people that. have multiple dreams a night. Typically, like four to five. I think yeah. something like that. Hmm. 
And just a little bit of tidbit of information that I just kind of came across. Back when televisions were black and white, like uh, something around like 10% of people had dreams that were in black and white. Yeah, I, like I heard that. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Just goes to show what a, what a huge role media plays in a, our lives. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, have you guys ever had a dream where you guys were a cartoon? Oh, constantly. No. Yeah, me too, James. So me too. Though. It was yeah. I've been attacked by a cartoon. Uh, oh, that was that one. One of your scary childhood gra- dreams. Ursula. Ursula from Little <laughs> Mermaid. Yes. All right. I was oh, still man. in my crib. It's probably my earliest memory. <laughs> Ursula. I'm not even kidding. Wow. <laughs> Dang. Alex, thank you for being vulnerable with us on this podcast for once. We'll cry. Yeah, Alex has got a single tear streaming down his cheek. Okay, so I am going to be talking about common dream themes across mm. cultures because one thing that's always intrigued me when it comes to dreaming is just the fact that, you know, me and James, we have completely different lives, but we might both have a dream that our teeth are falling out, mm. which is just Oof. Oh, random. Oh. They're the worst, right? Never had that one. Oh, yeah, lo- well, you have, you have. You just suppress it every morning. That's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I got most of my research from an article by Kendra Cherry on verywellmind.com and then also uh, Psychology Today. So, yeah, I think that just the fact that there are these these themes, these underlying themes that people will dream across cultures that are – it's like the same people will have the same dream, even though they're all living different lives. Mm. And there are a dozen or so that are very common. There are about fifty-five that a lot of people report having. And you're gonna read through all of those. Yeah, right? every single one of them. Fifty-five. <laughs> get ready for yourself. But uh, yeah, but with the whole the whole teeth falling out Oof. thing, James, you have that dream very often. Not often, but it amazes me how vivid it is when it does happen. Because I mean, it hurts when they fall out for me. I mean, it feels so real. It's well, it's funny. I had a conversation with one of my friends earlier about that today because I asked her if she had this dream very often. And she says it's the most real dream that she's ever had. Like Mm. every time she has it, it's always the most, it feels like it's actually happening. Yeah. Which I can attest to because it's happened to me before too. But sounds horrifying. You all need to brush your teeth. (laughs) Well, for me, it's like, why is this a common dream? What is it about the human consciousness that? causes people to dream that their teeth are falling out like what does that image have to do with what's going on a loss of control yeah well exactly and that's what a lot of people interpret it as um a loss of control or you're losing your self-confidence especially here you know in western culture appearance is very important so when you lose your teeth it might indicate that you're confidence is faltering yeah i mean when you're all gums it's only cute when you're a baby Mm, yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I asked 10 of my friends today if they'd had this dream and eight out of 10 said yes. Wow. You didn't ask me. No, I didn't ask you because so I knew you'd say no. Eight out of 11. But I had a feeling that James would. Yeah. So <laughs> eight out of, all right, eight out of 11. <laughs> Nine out of 12. So <laughs> most of the time when people have this dream, obviously there are little differences. Like James, your dream might be different than my dream. Uh, one of my coworkers, he said that when he has this dream, he dreams that he's got a retainer in and he's taking his retainer out and all of his teeth come out with the mm. retainer. This is horrifying. So- <laughs> I don't want this dream. See, for mine, uh, for mine, there's like these shock waves that hurt, that ring through my teeth until they kind of shatter and fall out. It's almost like, Oof. it's like a bell, Oof. like a resonance and they're like, and then they start Next shattering. time it happens, use your teeth as a weapon. 
to fight back. (laughs) (laughs) No. When it happens for me, it's just I'm looking in the mirror or I'm just walking around and I feel something in my Mm. mouth and it's a tooth. But it's just – it's bizarre that, you know, we all have the same dream, but it just kind of materializes itself in a different way. Mm. So we don't know, obviously, why people – dream as James and you guys were both talking about their whole bunch of theories. We don't really know why it happens, but these dreams, uh, these dream themes tend to be universal across cultures. Sleep researchers have some ideas as to why we have these common dream themes. Um, at its core, the dreams tend to reflect certain consistencies about the human experience. You know, we're all living our lives. We all have stresses in our lives. We all have events that are happening to us all the time, hmm. constantly being, you know, hit with different stimuli but the way that our mind interprets all of these things, it can result in a dream that mm-hmm. you, when you, you know, you have a dream that you're, that you're mm-hmm. naked in public. That's another common that dream thing. Yeah. I've never had that one, by the way. Neither have I actually. Huh. That's funny you say that. But yeah, people will have dreams that they're naked in public. And research has actually shown that. Those who streak in public usually have this dream. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the, the nudists have this dream all the time. No, this dream actually is very common for people when they get a job promotion or they're changing a job. And it might be because they feel vulnerable going mm. into a new role. That explains why I've never had this dream. <laughs> <laughs> but Kidding. yeah, biologically, I think the thing that just still stumps me, even like doing my research, I still don't have an answer, but why biologically does my mind just think, oh, well, Cece, you got some stressful things going on in, in your life right now. Your confidence is faltering. <laughs> so let's just let's just have a dream that all of your teeth are falling out. Yeah. I bet you brush your teeth extra hard that next morning. I, that's <laughs> true. Maybe it's that. <laughs> Maybe it's your brain going, you got gingivitis. Let's fix that. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of the most common dream themes include, and I'm just going to list them off. I'm not going to go into all of these, but all of them do have pretty Uh, If you really stop and think about it, they all have pretty easy interpretations. So teeth falling out, which can actually, in some cultures, is a good thing, apparently. I don't know how, but some people say that dream is supposed to be good. Uh, What do you call the tooth fairy? Yeah, I'm going to get $100 (laughs) on a mop pillow. (laughs) No, uh, falling. I feel like everybody's had a falling dream. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have. Don't even. (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, Being chased by something or someone. Alex, Ursula. Or... (laughs) The flood of skeletons. The flood, yeah, the, <laughs> the flood of skeletons. Uh, being late—that's very, very common. I've had that one. Many it's just times. my daily life. <laughs> <laughs> Alex isn't even dreaming for that one. Being naked in public. No. Flying, which uh, is probably my favorite dream ever. Yeah. Never had that. that well, see, Some that's why say, you want a lucid dream, man, because you can just do it whenever you want to. Every time I have a lucid dream, I always go flying. Yeah. Like that's my favorite thing to do. Uh, dying, no, which can actually, well, some people say it can be good. Some people say it can be bad. Obviously dying is not interpreted mm-hmm. as a very great thing, but yeah. in a dream, it could represent that your mind is telling you, Hey, there's, you've got this toxic thing in your life. We need to end it. Let's say goodbye to this mm. job or relationship or something hmm. and then start anew. So some people think that death can also be interpreted as like a sign of birth yeah, I was going to say a lot Renewal. of Egyptians would have thrown you into a coffin and said, okay, there you go. Dreams come true. <laughs> a lot of cultures, I mean, that's another commonality is a lot of cultures view dreams as inversions or subversions of what they appear to be. So dying in a dream often means a birth or a renewal or a new beginning 
whereas a birth often represents death or the end of something. And you see that inversion in a lot of other things, too, in dreams. Well, pregnancy is another really common dream theme across Mm. cultures. And some people interpret that uh, negatively. It could mean that there's some stress in your life um, that you're just like, oh, like, you know, pregnancy can be stressful. Mm. But also, some people also say that pregnancy could also be a sign that you've got something that you want to create. Ah. Like you've got an idea for something. You you want to give birth to some, you know, new medium. Mm. I don't know. A, uh, just another little tidbit that I read. Also, constipation. Constipation. <laughs> yeah, for pregnancy. Something you want to... Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I, I'm just going to glaze over that. No. Have you guys ever had a dream that you're pregnant? Because I was actually surprised by how many of my friends who are guys have had dreams that they're pregnant. I had a fever dream. There's this movie called Junior. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger gets <laughs> pregnant. That was a fever dream. All right. yeah, I've, I've never had a pregnancy dream. Oh my god! I just remembered the weirdest dream I ever had. Though I remember when I was like ten, I had a fish named Madonna. I love that fish. And I had this dream. I guess because I was reading uh, uh, on the origin of species, because I had a dream that she grew legs and uh, would make like little kid noises and like crawl around. It was so weird. This is horrifying. It was it was really great. Like I was happy for her, but it was weird. <laughs> well, I'm happy that this conversation could restore that dream in your memory. <laughs> your memory bank. Taking a test is a common dream. Mm. Life is gonna test you, you guys. Go be ready. Oh I've probably had that one, but You probably had that one. Mm. Being in an out of control car, which no. is pretty obvious. You don't have any control of your life. You're in an out of control car. Watch out. It makes sense. Yeah. Mm. And then meeting a celebrity. But I think that that one has a lot to do with the media that you take in. Probably. Like the other night I had a dream that I saw Jennifer Garner like in the background. And then I was like, when I woke up, I was like, why was she in the background of my dream? And then I thought, oh yeah, I watched a video of her making pretzels. Like, well, (laughs) (laughs) Well, fun fact, um, there's nobody unique in our dreams. Everyone you see in a dream exists in real life. It's yeah, the person it's you pass on the street, et cetera. Yeah. And that's why, like, when people have these surreal dreams where they're like, oh, my God, Jack Nicholson was in my fridge and he was yelling at me. It's like, well, part of that's because you know that face really well, so you can reconstruct it. How can you reconstruct Jack Nicholson's face, but you can't reconstruct your own hands? Right? That's a good question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I have a dream, I'm going to look down at my hands and I'm just picture myself having, like, or the gonna be, in hands. They're going to be Jack Nicholson hands. Picture- <laughs> I was just like, what if you just picture Jack Nicholson's face as your hands? Oh, no. That is a nightmare. Um, and then uh, the last common dream theme is sexy times. Yeah, I've had that. Sexy <laughs> If you've had any of these, Alex is, Alex is cracking himself up over here, you guys. He's mm-hmm. talking about how he never dreams. That's a one. Okay. All right. Wow. So. If you had any of these dreams, you guys, uh, any of these topics, you're not alone. They're very common. Hmm. Uh, and some other interesting information about common dreams that I just thought was very intriguing is that an overwhelming number of people who were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, report having dreams, mm-hmm. they're always negative dreams. Like uh. most people, when they have dreams, they tend to be more on the stressful, bad side than, hey, I had a great dream that. I was flying through the universe. <laughs> that's you know that's kind of similar to life in general. You typically hang on to the bad things when you do the good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that a lot of it is like, as James said, you know, one of the reasons that 
we might dream might have to do with the fact that we're trying to take the things that have happened in our life and in our daily experiences and make sense of them or work them out. Hmm. So it makes sense that you might have a negative dream. It's like, hey, remember when you stepped on your dog's foot? Let's talk about that for a second. We're going to have a dream that you stepped on. Yeah. So, uh, and then obviously James talked about this too. External stimuli can affect what you dream. So for example, I'll use one from my own experience. My family was on vacation once and we stayed at this little hotel that was right next to a railroad track. And in the middle of the night, uh, I had this dream. Then all I could hear was this emergency siren going off. Mm. And then when I woke up, a tr- one of the trains was driving by and it was tooting its horn just nonstop. <laughs> so... You know, stuff like that happens a lot. You'd be amazed by how how many dreams. Like, I wonder how many dreams I've had that have been affected by something that I just, like, didn't even know was going on mm. in the room that I was in. Mm. About a lot. About a lot. So, at the end of the day, you guys, common dream themes just kind of boil down to the fact that across cultures, we all have similar experiences and a, a similar range of emotions. Mm. Mm. Very interesting that world it's a worldwide thing when we share dreams yeah 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 i get sad you get sad james gets sad and then we have sad dreams and then our teeth all fall out. And all our teeth fall out <laughs> i use mine as a weapon so i make it a happy dream yeah alex turns his teeth into he get grabs a little what's it called one of those little things slingshot yeah slingshot and he sling slings his teeth at his enemies that's right right in the face you know if you collected all the teeth from those skeletons that mm. flooded down on you yeah. you'd have ammo for days mm. Yeah, but I let those wash by me. Of course, I had to wait through them afterwards, but. Well, that's <laughs> that's dreams, you guys. James, did you have anything else you wanted to add to the dream topic? That's all I can think of presently. All right, James is done, <laughs> which means I'm done, which means Alex is definitely done. Mm, yeah, you don't want to hear me go on about this. <laughs> so before we head off. I'm going to bed early because my throat hurts, but I just want to thank everybody for all of the nice reviews and kind words that we've gotten this week. We've heard from a lot of our listeners lately, and it's always very exciting to hear from you guys. So mm-hmm. thank you for all of the kind words and the support. And also, if if you have any topic suggestions for us, you can also send those to us um, at 13thfloorpodcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me on the 13th Floor Instagram or James on the 13th floor Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have any friends who uh, would like that, you know, would like uh, to listen to us, uh, just tell us, uh, tell them about us. Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth goes really far. You guys. It does. Like I, probably listening distance. Yeah. Like those guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's time, time to draw from our little vase. Alex, look at all these topics that we have. I know people have been sending a lot in. Yeah. Mm. All right, next week, you guys, we are talking about cults. 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 And you will join ours. We're going to talk about cults. We're going to talk about cults. And James is going to talk about a cult, and Alex is going to talk about a cult, and Cece is going to talk about a cult, and then we can just make our own cult, maybe. Then then at the end, we're going to bet on who would beat who in a fight. (sighs) I'm in the Blue Oyster cult. Oh. Oh. They talk about Godzilla, so you know they win. Oh. All right. Well, uh, that's this episode. I guess it's time, you guys. I'm I'm gonna go rest my voice. Yeah, you sound go like you it. need to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time, you guys. We hope that you can keep, keep it, it straight. straight.